Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And thank you for making our podcast move up in the ratings now. We're in the top one quarter of 1% according to listennotes.com. And you can go look at the ratings for the other podcasts you listen to. But thank you guys, I really appreciate it. Um, We have a terrific show for you today. We have an expert on. He's an expert on precious metals, which is probably the antidote to the coming uh, executive order digital currency, Executive Order 14067 by Joe Biden, where they're going to bring in digital currency, which can track everything you do, and they can really implement social credit with it and force complete compliance or starve you into submission. And we have on the line with us Colin Plume. He's the CEO of Noble Gold. And I've asked him to come on to talk about a number of issues. And on air, before we came on, we started talking about digital currency and precious metals being a good way to be outside that system and to use it as bartering uh, tokens as uh, we move into this new age. So, Colin, welcome to the show. And I'd like to continue that discussion we had uh, in our pre-air discussion that... uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at uh, precious metals as a way to avoid what Biden's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, uh, the ebb and flow of of investments, it, it just, you know, in terms of the whole landscape of the market. And, you know, gold is is something obviously that's that's been around a long time. But um, even the, the big networks start to get nervous when certain things start to drop in value. And one, one thing that's happened, um, and I don't know if you're aware of it, but um, CNN is not doing any financial products now over the last like 30 days. Um, I did not know they, that, no. Yeah, they moved away. And it, it, it's interesting because, you know, the stock market's obviously had its problems and, and, and they've – you know that's a big component of of their advertising, and and I don't know if it'll it'll sort of stay that way. You know, however long it is, but I think it's really funny that they would move away from even. And, and I'm not a proponent of stocks. I'm not, I obviously I have money invested in the stock market because I believe in diversification. But I, what I find interesting is that it, it's a weird time to to tell people not to invest because the market's down. You, you know, you would think. It would be a better time to invest. Yet they pulled the ads uh, for mutual funds for for things that you know people have used to to retire for for a long time. So it, it kind of runs counterintuitive. I mean, when, it, when the stock market's at an all time high, are they telling people to invest? Yeah, I mean, they've had that advertising there for a long time, but they've they've kind of gone in, in an op- opposite direction, which. Leads me a lot to, to what you talk about on your show is just like, you know, a lot of times you have to read between the lines of what's happening out there in the news and, and realize that, like, it doesn't make sense for them to pull those advertisings right now just because the market's down. The stock market's been around for a long time. But the, this is what happens when people start to think about investment in, in the short term. They really should be looking 5, 10, 15 years down the road and, and – and I think the thing about gold that that people are really excited about with the price right now is that, yes, we know that, you know, inflation's at an all time high. We know that, you know, the government's obviously trying to create a recession. They're trying to slow everything down. And we've had a tiny pullback in gold over the last six to eight months. But 
everybody knows that it's going to shift again next year. And, and once this everything happens and once all this debt that they're creating this year and we go back into lowering interest rates next year, I think gold and silver could really skyrocket. I think it, it could be a dead cat bounce, something like we've never seen before because it, it's really hasn't been beaten up as bad as it could have been. And, and really the, the, the markers for gold have been pretty bad. The markers for, for a lot of investments have been pretty bad. I mean, everything's pretty much down this year. I don't know what you're seeing out there, but it, it definitely seems like a lot of investments are down. So it's, it's an interesting time to really dive in and, and have this discussion about, you know, sound money, investment, where to go, should you be afraid, should you be sitting in cash? I mean, these are all questions that people are are calling us about, and I'm sure they're calling you about this too. Yes, they are. Um, you made an interesting comment there about uh, the dead cat bounce. I totally agree with what you're saying. But one of the things I know too is that a lot of banks and a lot of bankers, the elite, are still buying gold very quietly while their uh, network, the, when networks they control are basically saying, man, this is a bad deal right now. And I think they're doing it because they don't want to dilute the market with competition from the average people that you sell to. Well, and I, and I think about it for, from a pricing standpoint, you know, obviously the central banks, obviously the big hedge funds, they want to buy everything at a at a substantial discount. Right. So it makes sense for them to not advertise this. But, you know, where do you, where do you put your money right now? I mean, even the best and, – and I look at everything, Dave. Like I look at – yes, there is finally some high-yield savings accounts paying 2.25%. Two I saw there's uh, – SoFi Bank was advertising, which, listen, I, at – you have to keep a little bit of money in the bank, and I think most people do because they just keep a little bit just to survive. To make two and a quarter, as opposed to making a quarter, which which was what they were making a year ago, um, that that makes sense. I mean, that's 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 a big difference. Carl, um, I agree with so you. Take, I agree with you on yeah. that point. But here's here's where I would probably add in a corollary here. You need operating capital in the bank, and it's nice that the interest rates are up. <laughs> but it's still only 2%. I know the history of gold. Yeah. You know it better than I do. Sure. That 2% is nothing compared to if you put money beyond your living expenses into precious metals, you're going to be far better off than that 2%. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like at, at a landscape, because I, I always talk about diversification and I, I do believe that everyone should have, you know, a lot of different assets out there that they feel comfortable with in the event that, that they need to liquidate. Because obviously right now, if you bought gold a year ago, you, you don't want to sell right now, but maybe there's some other assets in your portfolio that you could sell if you really needed some cash. That's why diversification is really important. But I think you're right. Obviously, we're looking at 8% infla inflation. And if we repeat what we did in the late 70s, early 80s, it, it won't end quickly. Now, I'm not saying that's guaranteed, but it, it didn't end quickly. That that inflationary period did not end quickly. And actually, it went higher. I mean, we were in double-digit inflation. And so I know everybody is saying that it's going to come back down. And, and in theory, it, it could because we're slowing down the economy, right? We're, we're making the, the, the ability to buy goods more expensive where the borrowing more expensive so in theory some of the goods we need to buy could drop in value but 
for this to turn around in a year or this year to get, you know, to two, three, four percent is 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 not going to happen. So you're right. Yes. To make two and a quarter percent isn't great. I'm just saying from from someone that's an expert that just looks at money all day, different options. There's some better options that 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 are there today that that weren't. And I'm saying like a bank like SoFi Bank compared to like a Bank of America, you know, Bank of America's not offering that. They're offering one and a quarter, you know, 1.4. So there's there's some options out there. So I'm just saying sometimes you have to take your head out of the sand and look around because for some people they may need that money in a year or two years or three years. So keeping a little money liquid makes sense, but. What's happening with money right now is there's a lot of government spending. So the thing that we were going to get into is this, the student debt reduction or, or the student debt and, 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 and kind of talk about that in, in long form. And I think that the thing about the, that bothers me about this student debt reduction or in whatever it is, this tax that they're creating is that if you put it in a grand scheme to other things that we've done, to, to help out people that, that desperately need it. It's, it's a dramatic, uh, amount of money that we're, we're putting out. It's, it, it's a huge amount. I mean, you're looking at this $10,000 is, is about the same amount that we spent on welfare since, since 2000. And, and it exceeds the spending of a lot of other programs, uh, feeding hungry children in school, um, other low income, uh, uh, programs that we have. I mean, this, this four or five or $600 billion really, it, it comparatively to those other things, it, it dwarfs those numbers. And so it, it, if you just took it as a vacuum and said, okay, as a, as a silence, okay, you know, to give people a little extra money in their pocket, but the people that went to college, they, they took a risk to, to earn a higher income. Right. And, and studies have shown that they do earn a higher income. So it is a little troubling at this point when we've had a, you know, we had a whole situation with COVID-19. We had a pandemic. We, we basically were giving money to people for, for a long time because there was no jobs and people couldn't work. And now we're doubling down with a $10,000 uh, reduction. Uh, it, it just feels like the, the money could be placed in different places, in, in my opinion. And I think as we're moving towards more people become entrepreneurs, I mean, that same amount of money, that same 10 grand to help out entrepreneurs start new businesses, to, to help them with loans, to help them get off the ground. With And, and let's be honest, with interest rates being so high, they, they need that money right now, right? They need it more than ever uh, because to go to a bank and get a loan on a new business is going to cost you a heck of a lot more money than it did a year ago. So I just, I just wonder if, if we made a, if it's a bad move right now in this economy and the money could be moved in a, in a, in a better place. I agree. I mean, uh, homelessness, these, uh, help women with pregnancy programs, single moms. Uh, there's so many ways we could be spending this money. And I agree too. We're helping people who stepped on the ladder of success and they chose sure. to sign that contract. And here's what bothers me. And I'm lucky. My son uh, mostly has a scholarship, but their scholarships never cover everything. So here we are. He's completing his education with a double major. So basically he got five done in four. But here's what bothers me. 
we and he paid off what wasn't covered in the scholarship while we have to pay $6,000 per average family cost towards some neighbor's education. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, that's the thing that's the hard part, I think, for most people about it. Now, will this money be used back into the economy? It, that would be the greater good of it all. If that were to happen, if if we were to find that, that these the people that got this this loan reduction – more than bought homes or more than put more money back out in the economy. But there's no, there's no real guarantee, unfortunately. And, and I think that when we're in a very serious debt crisis, I mean, let's be honest, this is the worst time to add more debt. It's, you know, we're, we're, we have a number of things happening in our economy that we need to deal with in a, in a recession, whether they want to call it a recession or not, it just doesn't make sense to add on this kind of debt. And and I think everybody's going to feel the pain of it. all this debt, all the, all the money that's been pumped out. It has to get paid back somewhere. And unfortunately that means our dollars are, are going to be significantly less in value. Um, and you know, inflation being, let's say averages eight to nine or 10% this year. Um, and then you add this $6,000 tax that everyone's going to have to add, to pay for, um, it, it's a tough pill to swallow in, in this economy. And I, and I think there's a lot of other indicators. Obviously, you have, you know, home prices, you know, dropping. We're, we're seeing a reduction in home buying. So that that's going to have an effect. You know, most people have the majority of their worth tied up in their home. So that home price being dropped is 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 pretty significant. Um, so there's obviously an inflation there that people were worried about, but, but ultimately money is, is not going to be what it was. And, and I think, um, you know, 2% inflation is a thing of the past. I, I think we're, I think we're going to be sitting wherever we end up. I think inflation's gone at 2%. I think they're going to have to change their mandate. We're probably going to see anywhere from five to 6% being the norm. And, and what I'm saying is, is not something that's not based on fact there's, 40 or 41 other countries in the world that have double vision inflation this year. So this is becoming the norm. And it's all because, as you and I have been saying for the last five, six years, we've been kicking the can down the street with debt and we've never really dealt with our, with our problems. And we just, just piled on more debt. We just monetized our debt. And, you know, that's not a good sign for, for any economy. Uh, we, we caught up to it later here in the U.S., but I, I think we're going to we're going to be in this hole probably for some time, uh, unfortunately. Well, I, and you're being generous with the inflation rate. And I know that what you're quoting is the official rate. But did you know yeah. they don't I know you know this. They don't count gasoline or food like we don't have to drive to work or eat. <laughs> right. And that, that's, exactly. That's yeah. just amazing. That's funny. So we're being generous on the inflation rate. And you're right. I couldn't agree with you more. So if the currency is going to be debased to this point, then what are the options? And again, I think we come back to precious metals, don't we? Yeah, and and I think what we're looking at, Dave, is where where are opportunities right now? And you know, one of the funny things, you know, California has been, you know, obviously been very aggressive with solar panels. Uh, they're getting rid get rid of gas cars here by 2035. You mean new production of these? So they're they're pushing everyone to to get into this. <clears throat> and you know, silver is a is a big component of of both of those. You know, solar panels and uh, uh, EV vehicles. Mm-hmm. 
But then we have this massive heat wave. This is the irony of it all. We have this massive heat wave in California. And then they tell everybody over the last few days to not charge your your electric uh, vehicle. <laughs> so I know. I I don't know what people are supposed to do. I don't know if they're supposed to just, you know, is it Flintstone time or they got to push their car with their feet or – I mean, if you're telling people to buy these cars and then you tell them to not charge it, I mean, how, how are these people supposed to get to work? I know. So it's, it's, you know, and this, this, this issue with the heat and the electricity and the power grids, you know, these issues are not, they're not, it seems like we're, we're running into this every summer in many, many states. So silver right now is a big part of, of the future and we do not have enough silver. Uh, to meet the demand. It, there's there's no way around it. So I think if, you know, for someone that hasn't looked at silver uh, as an option for themselves, I, I think it's important to, to look at it as one of the pieces in the pie because undoubtedly the price will skyrocket. We saw it move very dramatically during uh, during the pandemic uh, because we basically the mining and most of the mining in silver is done in, in Mexico. Uh, it just shut down. So if we continue to see this situation where the demand is just increasing, increasing, and we're, and we're talking about 50 or 60% more demand in silver over the next 10 or 15 years because of these, a lot of these uses that silver has. I, I, I think the price of silver is, is very undervalued and, you know, obviously we've been, we've been moving a lot of it and, you know, a lot of our clients have been talking about what to get into in silver. And, and when you talk about the silver, you know, one of the things that, that a lot of people have been talking about is the silver eagles from the U.S. Mint. And there's been a lot of talk about how, unfortunately, the U.S. Mint hasn't been able to keep up and they're, they're basically selling the most expensive silver coin bullion coin on the market because they can't get enough silver so you know the government you know trying to mint a coin is is putting a coin out there that it's cost you know 25 30 sometimes 40 percent more than some of the other products that we're offering to people so you know that's part of the reason going to someone like noble gold that's in the market you know buying millions and millions of dollars of silver uh, every month for clients, you know, we really try to get them into the right product and talk to them about the different options that are out there and, and, and just really try to get them the most bang uh, for their buck. And, and that's, and I think that's important right now. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, we went uh, solar on our home and it makes a huge difference, but the thing is you got to be able to afford to get into it. And I do agree though, <laughs> it's going to be an expanding market because solar is not going to go away. It's only going to expand. I know there's a battle between who's going to control the solar industry in America. Is it going to be America or is it going to be China? And as long as we're not fighting a war with China, it, it really doesn't matter because you're still going to need to have solar. So therefore silver will be a priority. And I, I agree with you. I think silver is ready to have a huge, huge breakout. But what do you look at for time frame on that? Do you have any, do you have any estimations? Have you run projections? Well, I think, you know, silver has been above $40 an ounce. It's, it's hit $50 an ounce very briefly in 2011. I think it really comes down to um, what's going to happen over the next, you know, six to 12 months with the economy. If we see that we get this normal normalization 
function of inflation. So let's say inflation even drops down to 6%. People aren't so tight. I mean, obviously people are tight right now, Dave, right? They're, they're nervous. They're not, they're not spending money. They're not buying goods. And, and you and I both know that. Sure. That's what we need in this economy. We need, we need people spending money. We need things to, to move. So I think if, I, I don't think inflation gets down to the 2% their norm, but if it gets down to 5 or 6%, let's just say over the next 6, 12, 18 months, then I think people will start spending again. Then I think we'll see a more of a normaling of the market. And then I think people will jump back into the market because we've seen a lot of this market uh, that we've seen in the stock market. A lot of it's just, it's fear selling. It's people that are, are, are getting out too quick. That they, they, they think that, you know, the market's going to fall apart forever. And, and so a lot of it isn't, isn't necessarily based on earnings. It's, it's more based on just fear. So I think once things level out, people get more comfortable with, this is the new norm, then they're going to realize, okay, what can I do to, to keep up above six, seven, eight percent? So what's safe? What's something that we absolutely need? And I think silver's uh, definitely one of those uh, components that people are going to say, I, this is a day-to-day item. I mean, this, the phone we're talking on, the computer, I mean, everything they use is silver. So it's not like these uses are going away. And to further discuss about driving and cars, I mean, I know there's this big push to get everybody back in the office, and, and, and a lot of companies are really forcing it, but a lot of companies aren't, too. A lot of companies are just, you know, okay with people working remotely, and so having data centers, having uh, remote workers is a big uh, use for silver. All these components have silver in it. So I think that the future is is, is going to be in the right place, I think. You know, oil will be around and we'll use oil for for a long time. But I think to think that things are going to go back to normal, that gas cars are going to be where things are at, and and to not see this future, um, you're you're really missing out on on some potential serious profits. So it, it's hard to say when things will take off. But you know, as you know, it's it, it's better to get in early and and be ready for for that potential growth. Uh, than miss out because during the pandemic, silver went from thirteen dollars and eighty cents to twenty eight dollars in seven months. I mean, so could you catch that wave? It, did, are you did you get in the market quick enough? You know, a lot of people did it, and, and those were some pretty massive gains. So I think that being able to get ahead of it and having some diversification, because you know more than anything, if you have something in your portfolio, you're going to look at it. Whereas if you don't invest into it at all, it's not even on your radar. So maybe, you know, dipping your toe in a little bit, getting some silver and gold so you're in the market. Then when the market starts to rise up, you go, okay, I got in some early. I dollar cost average at that price. Now maybe I can get in with a little bit more. It's smart. You know, because day to day, you can only look at so many things. You can only look at so much that's out there. So I think it's it's a good thing to have a little bit of exposure to, and um, and then it really raises your 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 conscious to to watching that on a day to day basis. Yeah, no, you are so right on the money with this. You're describing the strategy that I used when uh, I first began to advertise for you guys at Noble Gold. I was not yet involved, and yet many people in my audience were saying, "This is awesome, Dave. Thanks for bringing this to us." And I thought, well, I better take a look. And I found out when I called in. I'm a little bit out of balance in terms of my diversity with assets. 
And so then I started to make moves with Noble Gold. But I got to say this. People listening who are going to call Noble Gold here, let me get the number here. It's 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. When I, I called in, I thought, yeah, this all sounds good. Let me talk to my wife. And I called back a couple of days later, had the same expert, which was incredible. And I said, yeah, we're ready to go. And I had to actually push the your agent to, to close the deal. Do, do you train your do you train your people to be that uh, shall we say unaggressive and let the client set the pace? Well, I think in any type of investment, uh, people want to know that a that the person is being heard. Um, so it's important that we hear what you're looking for and, and try to to find that match. Um, but two, it's 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 something that we believe long term is is a relationship, and so absolutely, you know, we uh, and, and I've said this many times, we we turn away more business than we take. Um, we we always talk to people about you know why they're doing it, making sure that the partnership works. Um, you know, my the people on the phone, all the sales associates, everybody, they they're buyers of Google, they're they're in the market, they they own the stuff that you're buying and. And our clients are buying. So ultimately, it's everything's personal with these types of things. And, um, you know, I even have friends that, that say, you know, ask me about it. And they always are surprised that I'm not pushy about it. And I just say that, you know, everybody should feel good about when they buy something. They should feel good that they're making the decision. And ultimately, that's the way it goes. Um, and so, yes, we, we do train our, our sales team to, be good listeners, really listen to the client, really take care of them. And, and if they ask a question you don't know the answer, you, you find out and you call them back. And if you tell them you're going to call back on a certain day, you call them back on a certain day. And, and you know, we just we like that old school sort of mentality of uh, building relationships. And, and, and I think, for, you know, people have, have resonated with it. No, I think you're exactly right. People have resonated with it. And they also now more than ever see the need to do this. Do you feel you're in the nest egg protection business? I do. Yeah. I mean, I always thought of it as, uh, I always think of it as, as insurance, right? I, I think as your assets grow, you, you buy insurance, you know, you want to be protected and you want to be safe. And I think that's always how I've thought of gold and silver, um, you know, most of the people probably give it to their kids at some point or their grandkids mm-hmm. or, or, you know, they, they don't even probably ever use it, but then there are people that do use it because they need to live on or they start a business or, or whatever it's there. And I think that, you know, whatever the need is, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think as you, um, grow and as your portfolio grows and you're diversifying, um, having that that precious metals blanket makes a, makes a lot of sense, and so um, it, it's a piece of the pie. Like you know, that's what that's what people do. Um, and like I said, you know, I think I said it earlier. I, I gave some people some advice about a bank, SoFi Bank. I don't know, I don't own anything with SoFi Bank. I just thought, you know, if someone needs a, a better yield savings account, I should mention it. So I, I look at everything and and look at the pros and cons of both, and I and I think. In this economy, uh, getting gold and silver right now is, is important. And, and I, I still remember, you know, a year and a half ago, 
Bank of America saying gold hitting $2,300 an ounce. Um, and people thought they were crazy, but then gold <laughs> did spike and it you know, almost hit $2,100 an ounce. So, you know, those numbers will happen. And inflation doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? It's not like everything is going to go up in cost and gold and silver is not, even though the price has been beaten up right now. So it's just a matter of time uh, before gold and silver really take off. So I agree. I, I think it's it's an exciting time. I have another question and, and something that I know a lot of people are concerned about, the health of their IRA and their 401ks. Because if the currency is debased, it won't be long with also too with the, the impending housing issues that are going to come. It won't be long until some of these banks really shudder, shake, and some will fail. And uh, they're worried about the longevity of what they have put into their IRA and 401k. Can you guys at Noble Gold help them with that? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, so you can buy physical, whatever you buy from us is physical, whether you do it in an IRA or outside of an IRA. But yeah, if you have an old 401k or, or a self-directed IRA, traditional IRA, Roth IRA, or you don't even know what kind of account it is. Let's say you have no idea, which, by the way, we get that call every day. Um, <laughs> call us and we can, we can tell you what, what kind of account it is. And, and we've helped people find accounts that they had out there and, um, you know, we have a full IRA team that can answer all of those questions uh, for you and, and kind of break down the different options. But the nice thing about doing the IRA with us in gold and silver is it's it really you're, you're buying the gold and silver us. We help you set it up. We do the paperwork. We, we get you started. But it is a self-directed IRA. So you are in control of it. Um, it's yours. We're just there to, to, to assist you through the process. So for people that like that ultimate level of control, um, you know, it's a really good asset for that. Well, you know, what I like about it is that if the bank does fail, you don't have your asset go down the toilet with the bank. Because if you've converted Absolutely. it and it's being gold back, well, gold's held its value for 6,000 years. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you would have no... The banks fall apart and, and, you know, things fell, you know, you have physical, it's segregated gold and silver, you own it. It's not, it's not a fund. It, it's nothing like that, you know, and people, you know, would talk to me early in my career about, you know, 9-11, you know, what happened when the stock market went out of this, you know, where it was not out of business, excuse me, but when the stock market was closed for, you know, four or five days, well, you can still trade in physical gold and silver whether the stock market goes down um it's it's irrelevant that market is is totally independent um so you're you're trading in a physical item that's independent of those markets so yeah if the dollar collapses stock market is frozen again or or has issues um the asset you have works completely independent from those from those markets Uh, see to me We've talked about housing. We've talked about uh, solar panels. Uh, we've talked about student loans. And you know what's interesting, Colin, to me, is it all comes back to precious metals. Precious metals are the counterbalance to a debased currency. Uh, and uh, so anyway, let me just ask you this. Someone's listening now. They're saying, how much money should I have in my portfolio before I start thinking to invest in gold? What, what's a typical answer? Is there an answer? Well, I think the real question is 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 getting the education about precious metals, learning about physical gold and silver. That's that's always the first step. Because even for someone that's starting out in investing or someone that's closer to retirement, you shouldn't do anything until you learn about it. So really the first step is 
you know, calling us, getting our free guides. We have gold guides, silver guides, learning about the products, learning about what we do, just, just to get information because there's different ways that you can buy gold. You can buy physically with us where it's, you know, you own it or you can buy a gold ETF or you can buy a gold fund or a silver fund. So, you know, everybody's going to have a per- different way to do it. But I think the best thing to do is is to get the education, you know, learn from us. We can give you information on what we do, but also get a grasp on, on what's out there in the market. That's the best. That's why you had mentioned earlier, like, I don't people don't feel like they're getting pushed because I think what we've always tried to do is give people all the options and then let them make the decision. And I think that's the, the best client and the best relationship. And that's what we're looking for is that kind of relationship where they feel like they've answered all the questions. They're not afraid. To, they don't feel like they're rushed. And, you know, you've bought stuff before. Ah, I don't know if I was ready. And I don't think I got that. We don't want that. We, we want all those questions answered. Um, and so I think that it's hard to say how much what, what the dollar amount is because everybody is different. Um, I, I think the first thing to do is, is to learn about it, get comfortable, and then, you know, ultimately make a decision about what's what's best for you yeah. and, and your family. And we, we really can't make that decision for anybody. Someone has to – you have to feel good about it. And and we've told people, some you know, that sometimes people come to us and say, hey – and we say, well, what's the amount you really feel comfortable with? And, and if it's less than that, let's start there and, and – and we've done that and that, and that feels great. And then later on, you know, they felt comfortable and they added more. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, you work hard for your money. I think that's the thing about the student debt reduction and the whole thing that you were saying that's sort of frustrating is that you, you spent the money, you helped your son get through and, and you spent it and, um, you didn't, you, you paid for it, right? Your, your son got, he worked hard. He got some, he got some, uh, grants or a scholarship and then the rest you guys paid. And I think that's the hard part is like everybody works so hard for their money. You can't make a decision. And I think that's why not to go back on this uh, reduction. That's why it's so frustrating. And I have a friend who's what a huge liberal. I mean, you can't even, we can't even get into it, you know, politics wise. And he was furious about this bill because he had just paid off his debt. A few years ago. I don't blame him. I'd feel the same way. Right? Right. And that, and it's so funny because on, on everything else we're, you know, we're swinging on, we're two different sides altogether. But in this thing, he was just, you know, livid because, you know, he said it took him, you know, 16 years to pay off this debt or however long it was a long time. And, you know, every month making that payment and and diving in and, you know, he could, he's like, Oh, I should have just waited or I should have just paid slower. You know, and and that's sort of I think that's the tough thing about this is that it's like feels like something that kind of came in at the last minute and it it, it wasn't the same advantage uh, sort of for everybody, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. And it just it was a way of buying votes from grateful people. But I think at yes. the end of the day, I think the Democrats are going to lose votes more than they gain over this uh, because if there are people on the fence now, I would not vote for the Democrats. That's just me. But if I was on the fence, I wouldn't vote for him now because of my circumstance. And like I said, I'm lucky I had minimal expense for my son's education, but there was still some expense. And it's not right that I had to pay and now I'm paying for someone else. It's a bunch of crap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what that's. that's what's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny is I've noticed the Democrats are kind of eating their own now. Um, and they're, 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 
they're, for lack of a better term, they're pissing off their own people. So uh, yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, I think this would have it would have been better served if it was like we'll we'll forgive it if you start if you start a business, right? Then then or if you know we'll use it towards that. That that sort of makes more sense, um, and I think that would have helped everybody, right? Because it, it would create this sort of economy onto itself. Um, but you know, either here nor there at this point, but. Ultimately, I think we're, we're, we're in an interesting time where you're talking to people about common sense and we're, we're in, you know, the time where money is, is so different than we've seen. I mean, just think about it, Dave. I mean, they've lowered interest rates right after 9-11 and they've been sitting in the two and a half to the highest 5% range on houses. Inflation has been this you know, BS number at two, two and a half percent for all these years. And now it's, you know, four times that, you know, people have to change their mindset because it's not going back to the way it was, you know, the good times, those last 20 years of cheap money and everything we're going, it's not going back anytime soon. And I think people need to adapt to, to what's happening today. And, and And that's the thing that I think people need to really, sort of wake up is is it's not going to go back to those good times for i mean eventually we will but it's it's going to take a long time yeah that you've said it so well uh and you've encapsulated why i went from just being an advertiser to now a customer a dedicated customer but there is something people need to be aware of and i'd like to close with this uh people get paid into their bank accounts most people direct deposit they put their money in the bank and so they can go to a place like Noble Gold and say, I need to diversify. I'm out of balance. I got too much in the bank. And they do that. But before much longer, they're back in the same situation because they're still getting paid into the bank. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you tell people about this? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think most uh, jobs now, they sort of force you to do um, direct deposit, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the idea of getting a check and being able to do what you want with, with your money is sort of, sort of changed. And I think what I would tell people is to set up a, a lot of automatic uh, investments monthly is to have, you know, the money hits on the fifth by the seventh or eighth, it, it should be going out to, to all the different places and you should be trying to build assets, whether those assets are, you know, precious metals, whether you're putting a fund together to start a business, but ultimately creating cash flow, creating uh, assets that can help you through this high inflationary period is the key and, and to do it monthly. I think a lot of people with their IRAs or their 401ks, they think, oh, I'll wait till the end of the year. I'll throw some money in there. I'll do it later. I'll, there's a lot of this. I'll do it later. And I think the key is, is when the money comes in, you should disperse it to every place it needs to go pretty much as quickly as possible and not keep the money uh, in the banks. And that's something that I've always done. I always have automatic investments going in a lot of different places. And um, it, it's, it's really helped me because then whatever's left, that's the money I need to you know live for that month and survive and, and do what I need to. But I've, I've done the right thing and I put some investments and I put some things in place that, that protect myself. I wish I would have been smart enough to think of this because I drive myself nuts going back and looking how much should I move. So do you guys have a program at Noble Gold where people can automatically deduct and invest into Noble Gold, purchase gold, silver, or whatever? Yeah, we don't right now, unfortunately, because, you know, a lot of it has to do with 
we we make sure that when we're pur- there's a lot of these automatic monthly purchase programs that are out there, but the, the problem is that when you look at the numbers on a lot of those programs, the, the monthly fees can get really high when you're doing it that way. Um, there's a lot of monthly stock programs where you can buy a little bit of a stock every month, but if you really dive into the expenses, you could end up paying, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 percent over that year to, by doing that monthly program. Okay. Um, just the costs are so high. So I've, we've never done it in that way. I, I'd love to find a way to do it where it was cost effective for everyone. Um, but we haven't been able to do it. So no, what we do is we tell people that, you know, if they have a certain time of the year that, you know, maybe after tax time or whatever it is, and we, we can always call and just, you know, just do a quick call. Hey, you know, is it time? Are you looking to invest? So we can, we have clients that buy from us. We have some buy quarterly, we have some that buy annually. So we can always just put a reminder call and whoever your sales associate can just give you a call. And, and if it's a good time, great. If it's not, it, you know, no problem. No, the, the, and, and that's, that's really the best way to do it. See, I like what I'm hearing there because it would be easy and your profitability would probably increase because of the automatic nature, but you're not doing it because you're trying to maximize your client's profitability. Uh, and that's, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's admirable. The, yeah, that's the key. That, that's really, if there the key. was a way and to do it. <laughs> I would do it. I'll tell you, Colin, right now I would do yeah. this. There was a way to do it and yeah, make it work. You know, if there, it, yeah, if there was a way to do it to do it cost effective for clients, I would do it. And, and I've looked into it a number of different ways. And, and believe me, if it ever happens, you'll definitely be the first to know. But uh, we do have a system where we follow up with clients and, okay. and keep in touch with them. And, and so that's really the best way to, to get the most value out of a purchase. Well, let's do this then. Uh, as we close, I'd like you to tell the public – how they we've given them all kinds of reasons because listen guys cash is trash and it's going to crash at some point that's why you need an alternative so how do people get involved with noble gold um they can call us at 877-646-5347 um we're open from 7 a.m to 6 p.m uh monday through thursday and then we close at 5 p.m on friday we are open a few hours on saturday from nine to one so they can call get the free information and, and introduce them to somebody or they don't want to talk to anybody, which is fine. Uh, they can just go to our website at noblegoldinvestments.com. They can put in their email. They'll start to get a lot of good information, updates, uh, you know, things that are happening in the markets, newsletters, uh, things like that. Anything will come to them and they can, then they can just call when, when they're, when they're ready. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. I, I always say when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And, and people, they are buying precious metals right now as we speak. So this is the time. Absolutely. Colin, I really appreciate you taking time out to educate our audience here on what's going on on this side of the economy. Because it's good news overall at the end of the day and in the midst of so much bad news. And I do appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us here. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest has been Colin Plume from Noble Gold. He's the CEO. And uh, you've heard why I became a customer, <laughs> not not just not just yeah. an advertiser. It's a it's a it's a first class organization. Their customer service is second to none, and that's a tribute to you, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Have a have a good day. Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Colin. Take care. All right.